Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to an All Games Radio Network broadcast of AllGames.com. Put that coffee down. Colin, all film fans want to add a little more fun to your podcast diet? Well, why not listen to the 365 Pick Podcast? We're the lads from Smallville, UK. We love to bring you the latest news, our own special brand of meaningless movie nonsense, as well as a bunch of top fives you really won't care about. I'm Kev. I'm Chris. We're pissy. We're fanboys. We're having another beer. We're the 365 Flicks Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Podomatic, and many, many others. Also look for us on musingsofageek.com and wickedradionetwork.com. Sick of listening to all those overpaid movie critics? Then tune into the 365 Flicks Podcast, your vocal heroes of pissy opinion. Girls too. <laughs> it's Horseplay Live. Today is Thursday, June thirtieth. Another month gone. Two thousand sixteen. This episode one thirty three, titled "Yes." I, I, I really hate to say this title again, but I'm going to say it for the third time and last. Hopefully, E three two thousand sixteen special, best and worst of the show. Part three. Yeah, we're doing it again. We're going to beat this mucker into the ground. Just because. But guys, before we get into all the awesome bullshit we got going on tonight, I'd like to introduce my 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 co-host in all this, of course, the man behind the scenes of GeekyAntics.net and um, and others they call the gang, Yogizilla. What's up, dude? Yo, what is up? I'm going to have to <laughs> go uh, helicopters, airplanes, perky nipples, and... And, 20, and then and twenty year old asses. That works. That works. Yeah. And if you if you're twenty years old and your booty isn't perky, you're, you're doing it wrong, I guess. You got some serious issues if you're twenty years old and <laughs> your ass ain't perky. Yeah, you got to give it at least another five years before things start to droop. I'm just saying. But wait till you hear that intro, dude. I thought I did a really, actually halfway decent job. So. Giving big shout outs to 365 Flicks Podcast. Go guys, go check them out. All game. Oh. 
I ate, man. I had to give. Them. Just throw. Did you throw everything in there? Nope. Oh, I did. Okay. I did number two, and then I did number two, and which was forty seconds, and I did the flicks, and then I did our uh, our jet lag. So it's all right. It's pretty cool. Pretty fun. Yeah. I'm did I, number two I'm during gonna, the intro. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I did. I did number two. I did number two in forty <laughs> seconds. I made um, poopy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm seriously going to go to my editor and tie all those together, like, and then just do all the work and make sure they're all the same level and all that other shit. And actually, so when this happens again, I have it, <coughs> and I can send it to you, so you don't have to keep playing them because I know you play them all. Well, yeah, yeah I, I keep them separate. I, I already have them pretty balanced. I, I keep them separate so I could always queue them up differently. Yeah, I don't like to merge them too much because then. Uh, if you like, want to play it separately, then you gotta like go through the editor over again. And, well, no, and you don't. <clears throat> yeah, you, you have the main file. I have the main file. Yeah, right? I know. Which is the the single clip, and then I just merge them all together, do a a fade in, fade in, fade out, like a proper intro. You do the intro. You have you have a maybe a shout out, and then the the music, and then you start. Good to go. I'll I'll do it, and we'll see how how it start how it ends up. How's that? Sounds good. Good deal. <laughs> and and of course, we said it last week. He said it last week. And he's back. Nerds. Geeks. The Blades is back. I, I had a really good end. I had a really good segue for you, but I forgot it. Must have pooped it out. <laughs> None other than my partner in crime of literally. Um, well, not we don't commit crimes together or nothing. Not yet. You can prove. <laughs> now he's moving up here in a week, but the man himself, Blades. What's up, dude? How you doing? Turtles are out. I like squirrels. I like turtles. I like squirrels. Squirrel. Hello there. <laughs> what? My name is Bob. Wow. You know, it's so weird not having Skype in the background because there's, like, no white noise now. It's it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like I said, after after every time, after after every intro, I just mute Skype, so there's no white noise, period, for me. <laughs> now, if you want yeah, to mute it, that's comes, fine. It comes out uh, during the, the show for me sometimes, but post-production, I filter it out, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's all good. Um. Not much has changed on the overlay, guys, today, just because we're talking about the same, but mm-hmm. but a different we're a different part of it. This should be the last part of it, hopefully. Um, if it's not, somebody might have to take my spot next week. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just go get some sleep early. <laughs> just go sleep all Friday, wake up at midnight, and then go down south. Obi, I'm glad that you take your your role as a gaming journalist so seriously. I'm not a gaming journalist, though. That's the problem. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, eh, I know. I'm is, just giving you shit. Yeah. Come on, man. If you're reporting on video games, you are a gaming journalist, and you don't have to go to school for that. You know, I'm sorry. School doesn't teach you shit these We're days. We're starting an esports organization. We gotta have something. <laughs> oh man. Start an esports comment. Organization ignores E3. That's gonna be your meme. <laughs> yeah. So what? E3 is for E3 is for developers, man. Not for <laughs> E3 is for me. <laughs> like, I'm just like I'll take E3. 
So now it's, a, it's an industry event. You can't be a player in the industry. I know. I'm giving you shit. I don't know about hopefully, that. Hopefully, though, hopefully now, next year, next E3, you could see videos coming from Blades and I. Uh, from E3, we're going to go to, I think, I know I got one slotted for us for this year. And then uh, next year, we're going to be taking on probably three next year. So you guys will see us. We'll let you guys know what's going on, which ones we're going to be at. So you can come see us. Yogi's a pain in the butt to cover if you're actually there. Yogi, uh, it's uh, it's going to be uh, probably Walker Stalker Con is going to be probably one of them. Good one. I like it. Do I get to be the stalker or walker? You get honestly, to be the stalker because then we're going to okay, go stalk good. Yogi. Ooh, good, because I'm Cause out we're... of shape. That walking thing did not sound like a plan. <laughs> Stalking, I could do that. I'll just I'll hop on his Facebook. Just, what's happening here? Ah, I see you. I'm the stalker part of this. <laughs> Obi gets to walking. <laughs> Start doing laps. Follow him. We can make the uh, cosplay popular. Our, our theme will be... Men with men sitting in chairs, and the chairs will just be attached to our bottom. So wherever we sit down, we have a chair right there. That'd be a good costume. But you probably hit a lot of people while you're standing up and like turning. A, yeah, chairs sticking out of your ass and just hitting people as you turn around. Oof, that could be a mess. I don't know what kind of chairs you sit on, but they don't stick out of my ass. Just saying, I'm not sticking out, but you know, protruding. You said it. Per- protruding either. There's no per- chairs protruding out of my ass. It, it'll be stacked. It'll be stuck to your bottom if that's part of your costume. It's like my friends. My friends uh, dressed up as a uh, bathroom stall. It's not what you're saying, Yogi. It's how you're wording it. No, no. But listen, <laughs> I had some friends that dressed as a uh, as a uh, their costume was bathroom stall. So like there were three walls, and someone had to be the toilet. But it was a pain in the bucket. They had to like actually like sit down together so that they could you know form like Voltron. <laughs> but it was pretty clever, though. Actually, no. The toilet had a wall, too. So that he probably had the biggest pain in the butt because he had all that stuff to carry. But, uh, you know, good times. Pretty clever stuff, though. It's one of those things where if you're in a crowded space, people are going to really hate you. It's like, you know, can you take up more space, please? <laughs> yeah. Guys, don't forget, pee touch for everyone. Yes. All around. Yeah. And... And Yogi calls us Tuna Radio. Don't know why, but no, no, no I don't call it Tuna Radio. Yeah, you that's, do. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, what's uh, Millie and and her husband that call it Tuna Radio. Remember our friends from the division? I'll just go the line again. You never played. I don't know what's the what's with the name, but it sounds fishy. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, you know, the funny thing is, like, you know, Spanish is their first language, so I said tune in radio, and she kept saying tuna radio. So I was like, yeah, yeah, tuna radio, that's that's where we're at, just check us out on tuna radio. The tuna radio app on your Xbox. <laughs> you didn't know? <laughs> yep, yep. You know there is a tuna radio, right? For real? You look it up. I'm sure there's an everything radio. Like, people feel like if they add radio to the bot- the end of their name, it makes it seem more official. Like iHeartRadio, meh. Okay, well, it's it's a radio station, so I mean, it's uh, jazz, country, rock, blues, easy listening, but it's called Radio Tuna. Radio Tuna. You remember what was that one line for your musical fishy needs? Before Pandora, way before Pandora came around, there used to be a thing. There were two things: there was three sixty five radio, and there was Spinner. 
and they were like streaming radio stations. Mm-hmm. It was like even before, like it was like actually it was around the same time when Winamp like started becoming popular. Like I want to say late nineties, early two thousands. It's kind of a big deal. They had really cool stations, you know. Like I remember they had a, a freestyle station on three sixty five, and I was like, that's pretty cool because. People don't really know a freestyle. I say freestyle. People are like, "Oh yeah, like Eminem, you know, make laying down some some fat rhymes." I'm like, no, not not that kind of freestyle. That's freestyle rap. It's still rap, but freestyle, freestyle, like club music. Bums. That's when I show my age. People are like freestyle music. What's that? Anyway, wait. My my rant. My rant of the moment. What what's freestyle? Exactly. Wait, wait, are we all, are we all talking rants? Because I got a rant. Oh, do I have a rant? Go ahead. <laughs> oh. The hell is Twitch thinking? There is a social eating channel. Oh, man. Wait. Anyone? Wait, what? You know, the thing that bugs me about that, you know, we do stream on Twitch, and we love Twitch. We love the community here on Twitch. But, like, they crack down so hard on, like, channels that weren't streaming video game content. But they've had so many, like pointless channels like here's a fish tank here's someone playing the piano and now they're making all the provisions for it it's like just let people be creative with it like and they shouldn't let the community police the stuff that that, that hard because people can just be cruel be, just because they don't like the content they'll be like oh it's miscategorized like and that's stupid too because let's say you forget to f- change your category like what you're streaming now mm-hmm. playing 90 percent of the time people forget to change that if they're streaming stuff back to back and i was a pain in the ass but now we got social eating i mean there's all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, I can be started on that. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're going to do that, they should start, like, pulling off strikes they gave channels for non-gaming content. Yep. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? They're oh, like, be- oh, you don't have gaming content. But now we have a channel that's for people who want to eat. Don't get me wrong. I'm fat. I love to eat. If I could just make a career sitting there eating food, by God, I'm going to shoot for it. But at the same time, people who caught strikes because they stopped to eat, like, SpaghettiOs in the middle of their stream got struck for non-gaming content. It's like, are you pulling that away and just giving them the option now to go to, like, social eating channel as I have lunch? Like, what what's the plan there? Oh, yeah, and the thing that's bogus about the strike system is someone could be in your channel for literally less than a minute and and think and you you could be on a on a tangent and they'll think that's what all you talk about on that on that channel and then they'll report you, which is stupid because everybody goes up on tangent. No one talks twenty four seven about video games on Twitch. It's like being a headset, you know. It's it's the rise in Justin TV. Like they got rid of Justin TV, they rebranded. Like they're no longer Justin TV. They're Twitch Interactive, but it's still Justin TV. Is just now they just rebranded it and now they're expanding back to all this kind of stuff that Justin TV had. So we saw it coming. You know, uh, <laughs> be it strikes are in the past, like to the future with bits of and food. Food is good. So I, I like the con- I love the concept of social eating. Anything social is great. You know, social smoking, social eating, social social jerking. Is that a thing? It should be. Mm. <laughs> Just give it a month. I'm sure there will be a channel for it. Hell yeah, it should be. I'd be <laughs> happy as hell. Oh man, yeah. A lot of people would probably like that. I also still find it funny that some of the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, cleavage monsters of Twitch are still around. So, like, 
You know, I look at the TOS and I'm like, this is one of those things that they only enforce it when they feel like making an example, but if it's someone that's bringing them lots of traffic, they don't care. Basically, they go, well, we've got an algorithm. The amount of cleavage versus the ratio of dollars you bring into us, we're going to figure out whether you get a strike or not. Yeah, if you just said it's, uh, if you bring in a uh, hundred viewers per cup size, you're good. That's the, that's the rule of thumb. Something like that. So, I mean, I've been to channels where it's literally a huge webcam v- window and a girl sitting down in her recliner or her sofa just bullshitting about her last date or something <clears throat> stupid that happened to her when she went to the club. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is her intermission. And it's like, oh, an hour later, she's still doing this. Cool. Yeah, there's there's a there's a few, let's just say, of like streaming like more girls that are really fucking it up for every for every other girl. I guess you could say. Um, I'm not gonna say none of them. Sorry, guys. I'm not gonna say any of them. But there's one that actually wears a string tank top. Okay, so she has the cleavage going, and then she wears the booty shorts that you know the ones that like ride halfway up their ass. And when she sits down, she actually has to spread them apart so she doesn't show her <laughs> crack or twat. Nice. Um, and she's 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 got sub button. I mean, she's she's relatively brand new. Oh yeah. And That's she's got sub button, and you know, it's crap. Fifty thousand followers, and like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you just started, and I mean, I. I and it's not a, it's not about quality content, and not even about having personality. It's about having a good gimmick. Because, you know, like, how, how many of them have well, that wall? you see the wall with, like, they have clouds or hearts or kittens, some kind of, uh, like, picture. They stick up behind them with a name on it. It's like, oh, the top donators get their name on the wall behind me. Yeah, it's like, an easy excuse to just, like, bend, bend, turn around and bend over and, like, slap something on the wall. Like, oops. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's something, like, to the point where... Um, it, and this is it's kind of funny because I just thought about it. It'd be really good, really good idea. But if, if it's to the point where I'm, I'm going to go hire a girl, right, and, and hire her for her for a year, she's got to have big fucking titties. Okay, she's got to be super skinny, and she's got to wear nothing but fucking boy short, legal boy shorts, and stream for me for a year straight. Whatever you make, you get you get ninety five percent of it in tips. Just get my get my stream get my stream all worked up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, and Peter, you know, Peter brings up another point that I think is funny. The the, the, the he, he said he was a kid. That's the thing. Good for good, good for them. They have five to ten years to milk it because you know they only last so long. And it's true. Even with the YouTubers, the ones that have the gimmicks, you know, a lot of the big YouTubers that started before even PewDiePie or around PewDiePie's time. They, most of them are irrelevant all these days. Up now. Yeah, like, uh, remember uh, Equals 3? Yeah. Like, that channel is slowly dying because, you know, a gimmick only lasts so long. And it's a, and, and it's the same reason that you see pro athletes. Like, how, how does a pro athlete be, go bankrupt after making mi- millions of dollars a year? You know, because they think it's going to last forever. Man. Lifestyle. Yeah, and then, you know, they got no brains. You know, they, they don't plan they ahead. That, they get that $10 million signing bonus. Or they get that ten million dollar, you know, check that first, you know, that maybe that first, uh, maybe just like that signing bonus. They go buy a eight million dollar house, and they're only making, you know, two million a year. They can't pay for that house, you know, and then they go broke. And then once they get out of 
where they're done, I mean, they have to play just to make money so they can live because they're idiots. Yeah, I mean, it's, obviously spoils it, but, like, get a half a million dollar home. You can still get a nice home for that. And then, you know, become an angel investor, invest in some businesses, you know, put some away in, in, in some bonds or something, you know, invest in the market, something. Like, I, I don't know. But again, invest, I, I, investing you in kind of have to hit rock bottom. You mm-hmm. have to kind of hit rock bottom to know how to have that money smart. Right. Um, and investing in businesses is one of the things that you, I mean, it can make or break you. As far as the market goes, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I'm, to me, that's a waste. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's just like, just like going to a casino and saying, I'm going to take this hundred dollars and turn it into a thousand. And <laughs> I've done it before, but it was super so it's lucky. Tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. Like, I, I pulled a, you know, uh, three kings out of a flop, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to double down and bet now. And then I pulled a fourth king on the, on the, on the, on the, on the last card, on the river. So I had four kings, so that paid out. I mean, I left with, I, I, that, it was a $25 hand, 30, no, $35 hand, and I made $3,500. Okay, I'm done. See ya. Well, you just made money, sir. I don't care. I'm leaving. Three grand up. People don't know when to quit or how to chill out. And yes, you got money, but don't you know? You don't have to spend every second, of, spend cent of every of every dime you have. Yeah, it's just it's crazy too. Because like when I see these channels and I see how much how many donations that they get, I'm like, this is livable income that they have. But then like they never have spe- like spending money because they're living so lavishly. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my car's having problems. I need to raise five thousand dollars. It's like, oh, damn. But you just got like a ten thousand dollar donation last week. What did you do with that? Yeah, that that's that's a blow. That's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I've I've known I've I've been in streams to where you know those you get those every now and then uh, if you're lucky enough and uh, the, they like you. Those guys from the Middle East. Those there's a thing on about it on on Twitch a couple uh, well f- quite a few months ago. Um, the rich the rich kids I guess you could call it from the Middle East. Are just calling streamers and just saying, "Hey, it's a great stream, man. Here you go," and dropping ten grand. Um, oh yeah, it's uh, crazy. Some of the other things, like I mean, you can get that, but I mean, there's something else. I mean, I don't understand how. I I do understand how somebody can blow through ten grand because I could do the same thing, but it's to the point where you got to realize, hey, where, where are your priorities here? Are you are you here to? Make money and make this a business, or you just make here to make some quick, quick money and screw your business so you can have some shit. Well, everybody always assumes that uh, the fortune will always last, you know, especially when it's attached to fame. That's why I'm like, don't give me, I don't care about the fame part, I want the fortune. You know, I mean, I learned the hard way. I used to make a six figure, uh, you know, income, and I'm not at that now (laughs) by any means. And, uh, you know, I made my mistakes, but they were never as big as some people. Like, I didn't live freaking lavishly and buying hookers, getting hookers and blow all the time. They didn't try to buy a small island or anything. <laughs> or fancy sports cars. But, you know, I got, I got the spending out of my system. Uh, you have anything like that uh, happen to you, Fatal? Um. Or do you know anybody that's, that's happened to and they kind of like rubbed it in your face? <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. If I won millions, I'd rub it in you guys' faces quick. Like, look what I got. Here, Yogi, here's a grand. 
I mean, for me, it's kind of like I I know the feeling of like you know you got that money, but it it all comes down to sometimes you just make good choices and sometimes you make bad choices. Sometimes you got to choose if the money's more important. It's a whole shenanigan. There's always so many factors that I can't really I can't base on any one thing or the other. Now some are just obvious. Some are just uh, the fuck did you do? You know, others you're kind of like, mm, there seems to be a backstory there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, it's just so crazy how it's just it boggles my mind how common the bankrupt athlete thing is, and just these people that made buku dollars. You know, it's like you you, you always figure they put something away. Like, how, why is Allen Iverson bankrupt and living with his parents? Like, that's just crazy. You know, you didn't even have to know basketball to know, like, you know, he he was kind of a big deal. He had his own clothing and everything. It's like nuts, nuts. I tell you. Now that motherfucker's broke. I mean, other than if you brought living with your parents, I mean, I'll be honest. If I, you're Allen Iverson, there is something seriously wrong with you living with your goddamn parents. Well, I'm just saying though, if if you're young and you still live with your parents, there's nothing wrong with saving money, chipping in, but putting money aside. I uh, think it's not a smarter way because sometimes when we're young, we're like, I can't wait to get out of here, and you go out to the world, you're like, oh damn, this sucks. I don't got home cooked meals. Uh, I didn't laundry, say that. My laundry doesn't get done. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, if you're Alan Iverson and you're still living with your parents or you're back living with your parents. There better be a damn good reason because there ain't no reason for it. Really. You should. You blew all your goddamn money on what else? Hookers and blow. And now you ain't got shit. Yeah. And you well, can't play too, basketball anymore, so you're fucked there, too. Well, the thing, too, with athletes, athletes also a special case. I mean, I've, I've heard it with actors, too, but, you know, actors, they, uh, their agents get a cup, they get like 20%, then they, uh, they're usually for it. You know, they're usually advised to put 20% of the charity so that it's good for PR, blah, 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 blah. But they still make good money off of each deal. But regardless, you know, with athletes, it's, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of athletes come from, like, really fucked up background. They come from the hood. And, you know, it's all the, the reason they had that hunger because they want to get out of the ghetto and, and live the life, right? But you st- they still have that, that ghetto mindset where it's like, yo, all the hot car with the spinners and the, the bling and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, and... Like Bia said in the chat, you know, you give someone who's poor a lot of money, they'll be poor again if you don't teach them. It's true. It's true. You got to have that, uh, the good, the good habits, you know? Right. But the guys, the <laughs> guys, tonight on the show, it's been a bit of a eventful week since the last, uh, hung out. But anyway, guys, got a little bit. <clears throat> of obligatory news tonight. My throat hurts. I gotta go get something to drink. Uh, we're gonna finally wrap up our E3 2016 series, talking about the games. Maybe we'll even talk about some TV talk later on if we have time. Um, a question. What do you want to see in the video game industry? Call in and text your, your thoughts. 646-801-2149 Number again is 646 646- Eight zero one twenty one forty nine. Or you guys can just come on right now and get on TeamSpeak and tell us what you think. Word. Word up. By the way, welcome to the gang, guys. Love you. Woo! That was a weird transition. <laughs> I was. I wasn't ready. My body was not ready. <laughs> you didn't even do the. You didn't even do the right thing anyway. 
I couldn't because you didn't, you didn't build up to it. You, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be, if you're new to the show, welcome to the gang. And that's just like, no! Yeah, so Instead, I, that awkward um, moment when you repeat the whole Catalina wine mixer thing. <laughs> Horse Play Live is where geeks come to play. And we talk shit about Yogi. <laughs> we are the flagship talk radio show for Geeky Antics Network in collaboration with allgames.com, Tangent Bound Network, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, I said TuneIn Radio, not Tuna, and more. Tuna! Our show covers all the aspects of geek culture with a special focus on Indian strategy games, technologies, rants, issues that geeks face, and of course community events we try to put on or be just be a part of. I mentioned we rant a lot. A little bit. A little bit. No, no. This is, this is, this is, if this is a little bit, no, it's, I can't even, I can't even think of something. It's not a little bit. We ran a lot. Like right now, I'm ranting over Yogi being, saying it's just a little bit. It's not just a little bit. Just a tip. And we even talk sometimes about tabletop and <laughs> retro gaming. Speaking of tabletop, have you guys played Pandemic, Castle Panic, or Catan? No, no, and Tell no. Tell Catan? Well, Obi, do you like Monopoly? Yes. I would pick up uh, Catan Jr. and play it with your son. It's a really cool game. All right. It's uh, it's Monopoly, streamlined, but with the, you know, it's got more of a rustic, old school, you know, pioneer kind of feel to it. Um, and, you know, it's like Settlers of Catan, but let, right. you know, less, less complicated. You, you trade stuff. You, you trade stuff with the game. You trade stuff with other players. It's a lot about managing your resources and, and expanding, and it's cool. And it's got a pirate theme. It's really mm-hmm. neat. Mm-hmm. And you have, mm-hmm. you have a pirate that hooks you up with, with uh, treasure. Definitely. Treasure. I like treasure. While you're talking, tell her really little, 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 little. Keep talking. <laughs> well, folks. We're live and uncut. We are a late night show, so it's inevitable that crazy things will happen. Uh, we may say something offensive, uh, and uh, we, we may lose track of our train of thought. But, you know, keep an open mind. Have fun. Remember, this is horseplay. With a name like that, shenanigans are abounding. And you kind of have to expect that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, we did some family gaming. I haven't actually been playing that much video games. I've been uh, working a lot, trying to get affairs in order we'll get too into it the the nitty-gritty of it but uh it's been a good good opportunity to play board games and catch up can reconnect with the loved ones kind of disconnect a little bit and uh katan was a big one um think about katan you know any any of those like competitive games they can lead to hard feelings but at least with katan jr you don't have a lot of the setup and the long games you do monopolies much Rip faster rolled out yeah yeah isn't that 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 brutal it's like each game takes about 15 minutes to a half hour. Oh, that I don't want to play. No, it's great. It's, it's a short game. Even with and, my uh, kid. I don't, no. No, you can talk to him, trust me. He'll learn a lot of stuff. Like, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of good skills you learn from it. Like, how to be a shrewd, uh, shrewd dealer, you know? God damn it, Sonny. I said no means no. But if you want something that's more friendly, where you work against a game and everybody works together, there's always Munchkin. That's always a goodie. Uh, oh no, Munchkin gets cutthroat. What you're, you, if what you were you playing it wrong, because Munchkin what the, gets What are you calling me no, short? Well, okay, it depends on your group, because I play with groups where people are fr- like, they're more friendly, you know? 
When you get really cutthroat people, yeah. Because you can I mean, play it more cooperatively. You just wait. You get up there, all of a sudden you're like, I kick the door, I find a fluffy squirrel, and all of a sudden that sucker's <laughs> got of doom, snarling, voracious, like, that, that, that cute squirrel just became a level 38. I need help. <laughs> you ain't got no help. We should play some Munchkin tomorrow. But uh, actually, a, a really good one that's good to play cooperatively is Castle Panic or Pandemic. Pandemic has a lot more setup involved and a lot of small pieces, so it could be a little annoying if you have kids running around and may bump to the table or the, the board. Um, but Castle Panic's really cool. It's a tower defense. It's a board game. And you gotta you got to defend your castle, which is in the middle, from a bunch of um, orcs and, and trolls and warlocks coming in. And the neat thing about it, if you played the companion app for Star Wars Battlefront... You'll you'll know exactly what what uh, Castle Panic is like. It's it's all zone based and, and lane based, and you got to defend against the stuff before they get in and start bashing down your walls. It's pretty neat. It's pretty darn neat. And you you know you basically you pick up your draw pile, you pick up units, and every unit has different kind of like ranges and powers. Um, so like you could trade them with other players, so they could use them on their turn. You know, and then the monster units they have different movement speeds, so each turn. They may move uh, one space or two spaces or three spaces closer to the castle. And stuff, stuff like that happens. So like, you have to kind of anticipate what's going to happen and, and trade stuff with other players. So you can be, get the enemies when they're in the right zone and within range of attacks. It's, it's pretty crazy. Boring. Always like, yeah. I was going to say, you, you want to try a game, try Super Fight. Super Fight is great. Like, that's, Super Fight. That, that's one of those, another one that, like... People get cutthroat. It's that whole, you know, well, my frost giant with a waffle iron could definitely beat, you know, your Batman with a tube of, you know, hemorrhoid cream for sure. I love Super Fight because they took cards against humanity and they built upon that that concept. But uh, if you like that kind of game, uh, try Imagine If or What's Yours Like. You like See, those two? I heard Imagine If was really good. I haven't checked it out yet. Oh, it's great because it's all about the thing about it is ultimate replay value. Because even if you know what you know what the questions are and the scenarios are, it's going to be different with each group because you get even one new person that's new in your group, and it's all about how trying to get into the mindset of everybody else. Like, <laughs> is that what the right answer is? It's like trying to figure out how everybody else is going to answer because the popular vote wins. So it's kind of like Cardi's Humanity, and and the popular the popular vote wins, and everybody that is part of the popular vote gets a point. It's kind of like you know groupthink the game, <laughs> but it's a good in a good way. I just completely scare people off from it. Like groupthink, I don't want to be a sheep. I don't right. want to be a zombie. I refuse to hive mind duty or game, man. I'm not gonna conform. Dude, but imagine if it's so good, because all it is is a board where you write names in there, and every number is, repre- is tied into a player, and it'll have different scenarios, like, uh, which player would be most likely to be the first to eat someone if they were hungry, if they were starving, and then everybody votes, you know, with the, and they, they put down a number card of the appropriate player. And then, you know, the person with the most votes, that, that those are the ones that win. It, it's really neat, man. Because then, like, it's not just 
and not just playing the game is also kind of like you get into debates like why would you think I would do that you know or like trying to get into the, into the line of thought and you get into these really interesting discussions you know but you'd be like, well, I would have chosen the logical answer for me was, was this, but I thought about the way everybody else perceives this situation, and I thought I thought this would be the go-to. And it's kind of cool, like something you might you might get offended. It's like, no, I'm not a midget kicker. I only find them mildly offensive. <laughs> <laughs> you say uh, that the first thing I think is Anya from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, <laughs> uh, Anya. Who's the one played by Charisma Carpenter? What was her character's name? Uh, Cordelia. Cordelia. I always found her very pretty, though. She did not age very well, apparently. Because she was kind of like a... For a little while, she was like a B-rate movie starlet and like a horror starlet. Like, she was kind of showing up, showing up on a lot of different projects, and then all of a sudden she disappeared. And then I looked her up, and I'm like, ooh, I can kind of see why. But then I guess age... The time is not kind to many of us. So, you know, who am I to judge? You still get it to say. Sitting here thinking, I wonder if Chris McCarpenter ever looks up pictures of Yogi and goes, what the hell happened to him? (laughs) (laughs) Man, if only. I would would love for her to say I'm ugly. At least I'm acknowledged. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, at this point, I'll settle for anything. Like, Like, damn, she she breathed in my direction. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one one tweet that says I'm homely as a mule's butt and I'll be acknowledged. I'm good. Like, oh man, my freaking views, my views, and my subscription, my subscribers just went up tenfold. Thank you, charisma. <laughs> and you will be immortalized as a meme, guaranteed. <laughs> it's like Star Wars, kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Beard and Hat recommends red flags. We might have to do a board game episode. We'll have to do homework. Everybody's got to... One of these days... We should wait for a national tabletop. Yes. Uh, though I would like it to be an ongoing thing where we just talk about our latest uh, tabletop thing. Like, every every so often we'll do a tabletop episode. We do a lot of retro. We haven't we have done too much tabletop. And, I mean, we have a whole closet, a whole linen closet full of tape, of board games. You know, from the classics like Risk, Stratego, you know, Monopoly, of course... Mousetrap that's always missing that one vital piece. Oh, God. Tell me about it. Hungry Hungry Hippo. Like, we've got through so many of those because you know, we always have, like, the one kid that's way too, like, eager and overzealous. And it's like, bam, 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 bam. His hippo is just super hungry. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you've got no pieces. <laughs> the hippo no longer, like, the, the hippo just gives up on life. It doesn't even bother, like, opening his mouth even a little bit. It's called Hungry Hungry Hippos, not Starving Animals. Calm down. <laughs> like picking the game up. Slam, slam, slam. Will hear my hippo eat? Whoa, dude. Those are I- not Gobstoppers. They're marbles. Calm down. Dude, operate. Oh, I love I love Gobstoppers or, or Whoppers. I'm also a big fan of Whoppers. But uh, Operation is another bad one. The pieces are always missing. Yeah. Oh, Obi. Oh, but your family's got to have some, some board games that are big in, 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 the, in the household. Anything? Always like, I'm not even participating in this. <laughs> I always thought that would make, make a game more fun. <clears throat> play Hungry Hungry Hippos. Play with Gobstoppers. You eat what your hippo eats. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, that's, a, that's one of those fat kid ideas. But how fun would that be? No. Well, I mean... I know you guys have had the time where you just you're missing pieces, so you just make substitute pieces. It's like uh, 
this dead mouse is is the uh, is the king piece. <laughs> okay, wow! Like the farthest I've gone is Ritz crackers and place of checkers, and you eat your winnings. But again, I'm a fat kid, so you say dead mouse is a king. I'm like, that doesn't even sound tasty. It's it's the rat king. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to eat the rat king. You hang out with him though. Each I mean, marble is actually a slice of pizza. Oh my god. Dude, freaking have a pizza party and play for keeps is like the more you win, the more pizza you get. Dude, that'd be so wrong. Hey, do it on a smaller scale, just a little bit smaller scale, so you don't wind up, you know, ordering twenty pizzas. I know pizza rolls. <laughs> pizza rolls, yeah, yeah. I would be oh, good. Or oh, taquitos. How about taquitos? Because like pizza rolls are good, but like I like taquitos. I, I find them more like they're more fun. Sure, to Yogi, for you, taquitos. Well, because you can dip them, you can smack people with them. I don't know. Come on, come on. <laughs> look, look. If you like pizza rolls, taquitos are not parents, that far from them. Didn't your parents ever tell you to keep your taquito to yourself? <laughs> nope. <laughs> they're smacking people with your taquito. Can you imagine being the parent that gets the call? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. We had an incident. Your son got slapped in the cheek with a taquito. No, that is not going to go over well. Ah, but taquitos are great, man. Also, I, I don't know if you guys had them in your local supermarkets, but they had those, like, uh, Mexican TV dinners. They are, like, dirt cheap. And they're not that bad. Like, they have one that has, like, an, uh, two enchiladas, two burritos, freaking refried beans, cheese dip. And, oh, it's so bad for you. Like, the preservatives must be, like, through the roof. But it's, like, it's, like, a freaking huge meal. And it's, like, a dollar and change. Like, that's a freaking hefty TV dinner for that much. Yeah, everybody's like taking notes now. Like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, Mexican TV dinner, that's okay, that's a thing, okay, I'm gonna look that up. The other thing that they don't fill you up for long, I used to take this to work, and then like, like, a, like an hour later, I'm like hungry again, like this, that, that's not right, I eat a lot of shit, so it's like, that must have been really empty carbs in there. This will stop me from snacking. Very next, very next break, buys three granola bars and an energy drink. I was wrong. <laughs> And it's all made out of the rats, even the cheese. Those are some delicious rats, then. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, Geeks, Horseplay Live is every Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. GMT on Twitch channels Geeky Antics and Yogizilla. Horseplay Live replay is also available earlier on Thursdays at around 5 p.m. Eastern Time on allgames.com. So here, real quick, COA. ETA, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Uh, I had it also anyway. But guys, seriously, help, help us out again. Um, I actually was on there um, lurking on IRC, and we I saw a couple of people that I recognized get on. And so for those that did, thank you very much. That really helped us out today. Uh, do it again tomorrow, guys, or next week, five p.m. Eastern time. Go to allgames.com and then go to the live, hit the liver chat button up top and you'll listen to us. It's this episode. Give us about five or ten minutes of your time. You can mute it, put it in the background, do whatever you want. Just hook us up, guys. We really appreciate all the, the help and, uh, all the, all the listens. It really, it really does mean a lot to us. So. Word. Yogi, are you and ready? They have, there have been some issues with allgames.com, uh, stream lately. So just hang in there. I think um, Derek's in the midst of uh, upgrading servers, so I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Fatal Blades, are you ready? Huh? I'm Batman. 
And now, it's time for the obligatory news and rants. Ding! So, folks, you know, uh, kind of providing a little bit of a backdrop to what we're going to talk about of the E3. Anyway, the E3 hype still kind of continuing. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the podcast and everything, but people are still talking about the stuff. Uh, especially how Sony's been kind of quiet about their plans for the Neo, the PS4 Neo, and Nintendo. They still, they still haven't announced an official date for the Nintendo NX. Like Zelda, we, Zelda Breath of the Wild, we know it comes out March 2017, but the NX is just coming out sometime in 2017. Not even they didn't even give us a quarter. Like 2017, it's like okay. <laughs> So I'm wondering, like, what that means. I- I'm wondering if they're trying to get, like, last-ditch sales for the Wii U, or if they want to keep a little bit of wiggle room and delay the NX. I- I'm wondering, like, very interesting. We'll-, we'll come back to that if we if we get to back to Nintendo. But it's just funny, like, they've even admitted that they're not trying to compete in terms of technology. And, and I-, I mean, with how cheap it is to produce a system, if you're going to price it, as close to like a uh, PlayStation or Xbox system, you gotta have something that's at least keeping up to some degree. And I don't know, did you guys? I don't know, was it me? But Zelda, the, the new Zelda game, looked like it was a GameCube game, or maybe a Wii Wii game at best. Yeah. <laughs> and PS makes a good point. If they wanted some more Wii Wii use, they would not would not would have not wouldn't have even hinted at the NX. Yeah, that's true. It's weird though. Like why? Like I don't know. They haven't really well, provided they, any firm. They had to mention the NX. So many people know about it now. Yeah. They couldn't just be like, we're not going to discuss the NX, because then all the Nintendo fans and the Smash players would be like, right, yeah. We already have, you know, leaks on pre-release, you know, on titles for release, and everyone knows they've pushed back Zelda talking with the NX in mind. So to not mention it would just be basically recreating the YouTube thing, assuming the fans are stupid. We have no knowledge. <clears throat> and and I'm hoping that it's at least some kind of pseudo sign that they're gonna pull their head out of their ass on that. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I just wanted to get ahead of it and own the the news. Because you know that's that's definitely Nintendo's MO is like we have to own and control all the messaging, all the branding, and like and for better or worse that's what they do. <laughs> hey, kitty cat. But, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what's happening with that. But, uh, other gaming news, uh, Keiji Inafune has, has said in a rough translation that he owns all the problems with Mighty Number no. 9. Um, and you know, I looked at some of the gameplay, some people were streaming in, and I heard a lot of people talking about it. It's not a bad game, it just feels like they didn't do enough to bring Mega, the Mega Man flavor to, like, the modern age. Like, it seems very like check, here. Let's tick off these check boxes, right? So it's kind of a shame. Like, a lot of people say it's a soulless game. Um, and, and, you know, I I, I want to chime in here. I kind of agree. Um, Mega Man died back in the day. <laughs> saying you can't you can't remake something better than what it was. Well, people still love that kind of style of game could look at Shovel Knight, look at 20XX, and there's a bunch of other games that kind of follow that same kind of formula. Uh, Guacamelee, I would compare, in a way. Uh, Abyssal City, uh, about the story. There's a lot of games that still have that kind of platforming, you know, kind of action, adventure type of thing going on. 
twenty XS is better. Yeah, I, I know it's got more polish. I, I, and some people were saying that the graphics look terrible. Like they they kind of went with the three D graphics instead of just going for pure like good looking sprites. Um, you know, and they were saying that there's too much voice, too much talking, and not enough action, and the bosses are like sometimes unforgiving. Uh, I don't know, it's a shame. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of to be expected because, like, when you look at a game, this game is released on every platform possible. It's like on... I, I think it's even... Isn't that PS3 as well, the 360? Like, it's on everything possible, even uh, mobile uh, platforms, handheld systems. So, it, it, I think they bit off more than they could chew. And uh, because of it... Uh, I don't know why my excuses right now, but... It's a shame. I'm a huge Mega Man fan. I kind of would have liked to see a new Mega Man Battle Network. Does not Mega Man because obviously Capcom isn't letting that go. But uh, Battle Network was a good series. That's a shame. So much potential there. Yeah, anyway. it's okay. Uh, for the Minecraft fans out there, there is apparently more Minecraft camps popping up. It's not really news, but it's kind of neat. Like how this is still a thriving ecosystem and it's still. A lot of potential for anyone that wants to invest in Minecraft and like mo- make mods and, and create communities around Minecraft. Uh, one of the ones uh, that I was uh, looking into is Connected Camps, which uh, they, off- they offer virtual camp environments to teach kids coding, design, and citizenship. And no, this is not a paid sponsor yet. <laughs> but it's kind of neat, like... Take, have your kids go in a safe environment, you know, controlled environment to learn stuff like this, and 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 work with experienced counselors. It's kind of it's kind of a neat concept. Um, and some people are like, well, why don't you just go to a real camp? And I mean, I hate to say it, but we're get, we're in a world now where everything more and more people people are gonna connect more through social media, you know, new, new media, you know, and 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 virtual worlds like. Meeting in person, it's gonna one day. It's gonna be like the odd thing to do is like, why did you like go meet them face to face to have that meeting? Like you could have done a teleconference with your with your virtual your VR helmet. It's the same thing as being there. <laughs> but nope. So it's brand. It's a brand new world, folks. All right, good talk. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> And, and in line with the uh, VR stuff, they're working on technology to help robots understand uh, smells. You know, we have robots that could, you know, simulate vi- sight and, and pick up sound and all that stuff. You know, they pretty much just do all the senses that they could, they could touch. But smell is the one that hasn't really been developed. And it's really interesting. I was listening. If it was an NPR, they're talking about the science behind it. They could turn uh, smells into like wavelengths, and they could account for the travel, uh, the scent travel via different mediums, whether it's gaseous, fluid, or solid. And I'm like, that's crazy! Like, and then they could translate the like by looking at the polling period of a smell. They can see what kind of reaction and what kind of smell it is, like because. Uh, you sniffing, apparently you sniffing a scent transforms that scent. So, like, if you smell a fart before someone else, before someone else does, you uh, you uh, alter that fart's uh, state. <laughs> like, I'm like, damn, like, they've really got into this. So, apparently, smell-o-vision may actually come. Now, now I'm excited about that. I'm more excited about smell-o-vision than, than VR. 
I want to be able to smell stuff in video games. Like I want to, you know, go in there and go into a movie theater virtually and not, you know, not deal with assholes and, you know, smell popcorn and just chill and watch a movie. And then if people act up, I could take out my machine gun and shoot them and not get in, in trouble. You know, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Smellovision, make it happen. Just don't put too many gross things in there. Like as soon as Smellovision becomes a thing, you are immediately going to retract that statement. Oh, I know. Because you're going to be like, I love The Walking Dead. Oh my god, that cliffhanger was so good. And now I got Smellovision. Why does everything smell like dead? Oh, I regret my decision immensely. <laughs> I mean, every one of those things were like, I mean, VR already is going to have to come like. There's people throwing shit ton of money at, at it, right? So it's not going to go away uh, as much as I, I would like it to go away. I won't speak for anyone else, but I, I, I'd rather see development in other areas. But for gaming, I think VR is kind of taking away from where they should be focusing. But, you know, you talk about immersion. If you could smell the things, like, it could change how you approach situations completely, right? And, you know, yeah, it could really make uh, some experiences taxing, but the realism, like, could be crazy. It's just, I mean, I at don't. that point, you're looking at full dive, and the second a game comes out with the words Eincred anywhere on it, I ain't playing it. <laughs> but still, it, it, it still beats the alternative, which is putting on a VR helmet and falling out your, your four-story window. So, Okay, first off, <laughs> that is natural selection. You put a <laughs> VR helmet on with an open window on the fourth floor... Latest sucker. You were asking for it. Okay, Mother Nature was just like, you want it, you got it. Dive. Like, that's full dive right there, okay? <laughs> full dive, literally. I see what you did there. Like, that's just, like, that. that's on you. That That's, you can't fix stupid. That, that is on you. But I'm on the fourth floor. I'm going to just go play, you know, VR FIFA on the roof of this year, you know, hotel. Because <laughs> I'm a genius, you know. And I would, I would like to think that I'd feel really bad when I hear those stories. But then these are the same people that were probably throwing Wiimotes into the TV. So yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with the natural selection uh, argument. <laughs> I mean, it's only natural. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, what else? There's a few more things. Uh, Twitter. We were talking about SoundCloud and how they were struggling financially, but Twitter just threw a shit ton of money at SoundCloud, so they have a $70 million, uh, let's call it a mattress, so it'll protect them for now. Um, it'll buy some time, but SoundCloud needs to, I think they need to rework their revenue model and diversify because there's a lot of competition out there and, uh, SoundCloud used to be the only coke in the desert, but not not so much now. Uh, da, 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 da. What else in the news? I mean, there's been some other things, but I think the biggest thing people have been talking about is the whole uh, the UK is seceding from the EU. They want to be separate from Europe. Interesting. Uh, apparently, the to finalize voting will take a minimum of two years, and it could take a total of ten years for everything to be completed because they have to like. There's like they have to invoke Article 50 or some weird thing. I mean, I don't really get into the politics. Shadow Proclamation. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. And <laughs> I knew it. You know, it's uh, death by French ticklers. I don't know something. You know, a duel with Nerf guns. 
That that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Dude, we had a year. I don't know what what happened to my family, but even I got into we all got into Nerf fever. And anytime like Toys R Us had like a sale on Nerf stuff, we just bought up so much Nerf stuff, and we'd go out into like the woods and just have like Nerf Nerf battles. It was insane. <laughs> just the amount of stuff. And the kids would get mad at me because I'd always have like the really OP guns, like the Gatling gun, and you know, little multi-shot shotguns. Good times. Or, or the sniper rifle that like freaking you like slam the pump and it shoots the dart all across the freaking. Oh, good times. It was fun. That's when my kids were so cool. Now, now they hate everybody. Yeah, all kids do. <laughs> my kid hates I'm me. I'm waiting for someone Oh, I, I'm, I'm still doing. I'm still doing quite a bit of stuff tonight. While you were talking, so you play Hearthstone, aren't you? I am not. I'm actually doing uh, business. PP Touch business. I got gotcha. you. No, not that business. I wish doing uh, org business. Sorry. So, um, Prime Minister uh, David Cameron resigned, and I don't blame him. That's get uh, get out of that mess. Yeah. But uh, I think the, the interesting thing for those of us that don't care about the politics of it and don't live in the UK is. It's going to impact the global economy because doesn't Europe have like this whole VAT, like their their own sales tax, and they they all have their own like they all have to like all all members of the you know European Union have to like have they have to agree on import export kind of things and all those kind of deals. So it's going to change that, how all that stuff manifests. So I wonder how like that's going to impact online shopping. You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a, like a domino effect. I feel. But of course, you know, we won't see it for at least five years, I think, before the real impact is there. This is interesting. Something to keep an eye out for if you're an, if you're an investor. You know, there's already people pulling out of certain markets and preemptively acting on the news. I mean, it was a shitstorm. The data news came out. Like, the All Games chat was, like, all over the place. Like, yo, it's the end of the world. Jesus <laughs> Riots Christ. are going to start. Anywho, moving on. Uh, one last bit of news is kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys use Uber too much, but Uber has this thing called surge pricing, and it's kind of an interesting thing. Like if you're a business owner, or if you're if you're playing with any kind of uh, business business ideas, the with surge pricing is whenever the demand is the highest, they could charge five to six times as much on uh, their fares. Uh, and this is something used in other places too, but kind of interesting. The thing is, uh, to date. Uber hasn't been very transparent with how their pricing works. So they're updating all their messaging so it's clearer when surge pricing is in effect. Um, so people could kind of know what to expect when they, before they, they hop on that ride. Uh, but apparently, like, they're fixing one thing and then breaking another. So ultimately, it's still going to be one of those things where, all right, this, right now it's surge pricing, so it's six times the rate, but what's the base rate? So kind of weird, like... I kind of hate that about taxi. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a taxi where it's like you don't know the rate until it's too late. And like I remember taking a taxi in uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts. I was going from Boston to Worcester. That was interesting because apparently that was much further than I thought. It's like a half hour ride, which isn't too bad. But by the time that trip was done, it was like three hundred dollar a three hundred dollar fare. I was like, what the fuck? This is when I had money. I didn't even care that much. But even then, I was like, what the shit? Like that's crazy. So Uber's kind of doing that kind of thing. Anyway, transparency is important. Communicate. People don't like a bit and switch. Anyway, you folks sound like you're checking out. 
I think we should jump into the E3 talk before we... Uh... Look, I, I just know one thing. As soon as someone says politics, I am out of it until afterwards, and then it's like, oh, video games? Yeah. Hey, I'm back. Yeah, what I, happened? I fell asleep, sorry. <laughs> I, like, I do not... Mm-mm. There, I've got enough mm-hmm. issues in current politics in my country. No offense, guys. I get it. But we kicked your ass the first time. I'm going to keep my nose over here. All right. <laughs> yeah, we got our we got our own issues to deal with. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, uh, BFT said that's uh, 20 minutes up the road from him. Yeah, he's to have a client out there. In Worcester, Massachusetts, man. Uh, actually, a few clients out there, but one of them was a really big one. This is one... The, the, you know, the dot com boom where like you made a lot of money in IT. So like I had a full time job and I also did consulting work. Man, I was making such good money. You know, and it was just great because like people would pay for travel, they pay for hotel stay. You could order porn and they wouldn't care if it showed up on the bill. You know, no questions asked. Oh, I used a mini bar. You know, $20 about uh, a, a mini bottle. No problem. <laughs> yeah, see, I zoned out when I said politics, but then I heard porn. What are we talking about? <laughs> when the politics is done. I was talking about uh my, my glory days in IT. Oh, IT whoa, whoa. Was time good. out, time out. We're good. We're good. Don't need to know how you got the job. <laughs> I was a fluffer. Oh yeah. <laughs> B- BFT and I apparently may have crossed paths at one point. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so go out to Massachusetts a, a bit for project work. Good times. Worcester is very interesting. It still has a very industrial feel to it. A lot of, like, huge warehouses and empty lots kind of things. It'd probably be a good place to film a dystopian future type of film. Yeah. Anyway. Or, D- or any place cool. in Michigan. That place, that place is shithole. All right, dude. <laughs> Let's make sure you're still with us, Obi. I'm about, I'm, about I'm, I'm about to come down there and fuck your ass up. Who knows? Maybe in the future I'll just move up with you guys. No, we'll all be, you don't want we'll your ass up here. Get- Dude, you would love it. If Even if I come visit and I cook for you, you'd be like, don't ever leave. No, I don't know about that, because you were talking about the Mexican TV dinners, and yeah, I, think I'm <laughs> I good don't know on what that. you consider <laughs> cooking. Made from real rats. Yeah, I'm just saying, for I'm a dollar good. a change... I'm good on that's, that, bro. You next, know, next it, thing I know, I'm going to put a hungry man dinner on the chessboard. It's the king. Dude... Have you ever had the Hungry Man pub favorites dinners? Those are pretty good. As far as TV dinners go. Yeah. You got to compare things within the brackets. Like frozen foods, there's nothing too exciting there. But within frozen foods area, there are some really good ones and some really bad ones. Like the really bad ones are like those Asian, what do they call them? Asian delights uh, TV dinners. Those never end up being very good. I think the sesame chicken is the only one that's really good. The it's because bland. redoing noodles is not good in a microwave. There's no time where microwaving noodles turns out. Like, I don't even like the pasta, Italian ones. Just noodles in a microwave, bad idea. Well, even the rice ones, it's not even the rice itself has the right consistency, but, like, the sauce that they use doesn't have the right flavor. Like, you ever had a good Chinese hoisin sauce? You know how hoisin sauce has that kind of molasses, uh... It's got, like, the garlic teriyaki thing going on, like, a little bit of tang, a little bit of spice, a little sweetness, you know? It's oh, a good hoisin sauce, delicious, or a good black bean sauce, oof. Like, my uh, my uh, best friend during uh, college, uh, his dad was, uh, like, a legit Chinese chef. And I remember 
like uh, my friend was like, oh, ask him to cook something for you. He'll make anything you want. And, uh, and you know, me being, you know, a, a filthy Westerner, I'm like, yeah, sesame chicken and black bean rice cakes. And he's like, man, can you get any more freaking cliche? <laughs> but, but he made it. And, like, he made, like, his own hoisin sauce at home and, ah, oh, black, the black bean sauce from scratch. Stuff's so good. Ugh, now I'm hungry. Thanks. <laughs> there goes our three-week streak. I'm not talking about food. Did it to himself this time. Score. Yeah, did. we didn't, I didn't, we didn't do anything, bro. I mean, that was all, that was straight up all you. The tangent, man. Now, before we get into the E3 talk, uh, I'm really curious... Anybody into the following shows? Twelve Monkeys, Community, Rick and Morty, nah. Last Ship. Uh, Rick and Morty's all right, but I can't catch it regularly right now, so that's kind of a downer. Um, I've heard good things about Community. It's kind of like The Office. I held off forever watching The Office. I'm gonna wait till it's kind of completed in a way. Which uh, com- Community? Yeah. Community's done. Is it? Okay, well then I'll have to go and watch it. I, I See, I don't hear when things end. People don't tell oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same way, too. Because, like, I'm, I'm just finally catching up with uh, Arrested Development. Arrested Development. Oh, so good. Arrested Development, like, didn't that show come out in 2003 that it's a, like, a 10-year break or something ridiculous? Yeah, it got canceled for a long time, and then Netflix brought it back as an original so that we got closure on it, which I wish, for the life of me, I wish... They would do with My Name is Earl. Oh, That my show God. ended on such a note that I was pissed. And I wish they'd just turn around, rebring it back for a minute, and be like, hey, check it out. My Name is Earl. You can finally find out all the answers you've been waiting all these years for. And it was a great show. You know, Jason Lee, phenomenal actor. Yeah. Oh, great supporting cast, me. too. The supporting cast is great. Oh, yeah. The blonde girl, I forget his name. It'll come to me later, probably. But, uh, oh, I about Jamie the... Presley? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> you were on point with that. Like, that's, that's Bay, yo. You have no idea how much I love that show. Like, it it breaks my heart. Like, I still will go back and watch it, oh, knowing yeah. the disappointment I have waiting at the end of it for me. Just like... Dude, just like uh, Reaper is another one. Like Reaper and My Name Is Earl, I've rewatched several times, and it's like, damn, this will well, never see, finish. Reaper, super good. The guy who was in Reaper, the guy I really liked from Reaper, which was the same guy who did like Shasta McNasty and a couple of other kind of all B-rated TV shows, if that's a thing, has a show called Deadbeat, and uh, Deadbeat kind of got me over missing Reaper as much as I did. It's Deadbeat Current. Yes, actually. Deadbeat Season 3. It, it releases like uh, like Hulu and Netflix series do. A whole season, and then you wait a year. And it's actually in Season 3 right now, and next year we're looking towards Season 4, I believe. I don't know. Haven't watched Season 3 yet. So binge-watching approved. Absolutely, yeah. No, super, super well done. Really, really like the show. Highly recommend. Hmm, interesting. I'm about to write that down. Have you ever watched uh, Orphan Black? Anybody? Yes. All right, no. crickets. No. Orphan Black is pretty cool. It's a unusual BBC show because it doesn't feel like a BBC show for some reason to me. I don't know. It's good though. Like the whole thing is, without spoiling too much about it, it's about 
illegal science driving gene modification. That's just that's basically what I can say. That some fucked up shit happened. Like a girl fight sees her twin sister commit suicide, but she didn't know she had a twin sister. And it's pretty graphic for a TV show. <laughs> so, very good way to start off a show. And it's got, it starts off kind of like a cop drama, but then it's become so much more than that. Like a lot of conspiracy theories and stuff, and stuff like that. It's cool. And I, and I don't want to say too much more about it. But uh, 12 Monkeys uh, is one that I, I, I like. I want, always wanted to watch, but I said I don't want to. I'm trying to avoid TV because it's like a, a rabbit hole, you know. And once you like once it starts, I can't stop. It's like a Pringle, so kind of a problem. But uh, you know, I liked the movie back in the days. I think the movie came out in like ninety four, ninety five. And this series is really good. And I'm surprised Sci Fi has really turned around their programming. And um, they still don't have anything to caliber Stargate, but I'm pretty happy with what they're offering right now. Um, and you know, th- this show, Twelve Monkeys, is a lot about conspiracy theories and. Plot twists and will make you go what? But you know, it's get time travel. But they do time travel well because, like, a lot of time when, do, when t- time travel is introduced to a work of fiction, it, it it leads to like sloppy resolutions. You know, it's like, oh, we can use time travel to fix this problem, but not this problem because just because. But this show does a really good job of kind of addressing the consequences of time travel and the repercussions, you know, and the limitations and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 really cool. Fuck that. <laughs> but Rick and Morty, for whoever hasn't watched it, uh, it, it keeps Dan Harmon's brand of humor going. So if you love the community, minus uh, season four, I think the one everybody hates. <laughs> Rick and Morty's right up there. And it's got that kind of a back in the future vibe, and it's got a lot of pop culture, geek culture references, and it. it's, it's really cool. That show was actually a lot darker than you would think from a cartoon. Holy I mean, shit. it. Adult Swim cartoon, though. I mean, you have to take that into account. Yeah, but like, even even considering that, like, then again, isn't the is they Mr. Pickles? Is Mr. Pickles? Yeah, but Boondocks Saint, the Boondocks. I'm sorry, not to say Boondocks wasn't as as dark as Rick and Morty. Like some of the shit that happens in Rick and Morty is fucked up. What about Moral Oral? Mm, okay, but well, Mr. Pickles, is Mr. Pickles, Adult Swim. I forget. Uh, not sure. Never actually heard of it. That's a fucked up show too. <laughs> it's about a about a Satan worshiping dog, and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Imagine courage if courage didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Mr. Pickles. Damn. But uh, uh, good times. So anyway, let's go to the E3 talk. Oh, we want to open this up. Nah, no, I I don't want to do it today. Okay. So yeah, this is the good, the bad, and the fugly part three of E3. We're wrapping up the E3 series. Uh, we talked about, you know, the last few shows, we kind of talked about the de- general tone of the different conferences. Uh, and, and some of the things that, were miss- that we were expecting that were missing in action. I want to add to the list of missing in action. I'm surprised they didn't touch upon Shenmue 3. That was such a huge deal last year, especially during the uh, Sony pressure. And not even the passing glance you know no man's sky as well i know it's coming out but i honestly think they're they're holding shenmue as bad as this is to say for next year because although you know kickstarter is going well i don't think they have enough development to show it off this year so they had to basically hold off pushing till next year 
but they can do it in such a way that next year they show it and then go, by the way, available next month or something, you know, so it's not that super long wait, but there, you know, there's always going to be those development problems where if you can't get a demo out by E3, I mean, it's a rough deadline, and if they don't have it, it's better to show nothing and ignore it for a year than to show absolute garbage and bury it before it gets started. I agree, but my counter-argument is we had a five-second, maybe the extended cut is like 20-second, the last Guardian trailer, <laughs> where we still don't really know what it's all about. And, you know, like the the Sony press conference was all games coming out in two to three years. Like none of it is coming out this year, not even for the holiday season. So, <laughs> like maybe one or two games. So I got, I'm like, you know, if they're looking ahead of what the, they're showing, they're all, all, really the umbrella of the stuff that was coming out this year for them was all the VR stuff, which I, I'm sorry, I can give two shits about, you know. I might but, care. There's actually, there's a couple of VR projects, but interestingly enough, the VR projects I'm really hype about are not looking like PS4 VR. Uh, they're all independent projects that people are just kind of working on that seem really cool. Like, uh, who was it? Uh, Observer. Well, Disguise Toast has recently announced he's trying to work on a Hearthstone VR. So it would almost give, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! style aspect to Hearthstone in a VR neat. environment. It looks like he had little short clip on his, his YouTube, and it, it looked cool. It's a project, and I, that's a project I would love to see come into reality. I mean, ever since the first time, you know, any card player saw Yu-Gi-Oh!, they were like, how cool would that be? You know, to to get this projected, here are the creatures, and see the attacks, and this and that. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping it is a project that will come to fruition and not be too big of an undertaking, but I worry that it may be. Uh, I remember, I actually remember, I don't remember if it was at a Comic-Con or an E3, but I remember seeing a demo, a live demo of this system that will take... Uh, TCG cards, they'll take the cards and render them into holograms and have them battle out on this board. And my mind was blown. And then I disappeared. <laughs> and, I, and, and every time I mentioned this, I was like, that's not, that wasn't really a thing. I'm like, dude, I saw it. It was there. I was there when it happened. But it's like, I don't know, like, I, I wonder if VR is kind of one of those things where it's like really awesome right now and then we'll be hyped about it. Like, I wonder how much is really going to enhance the the core experiences of, of of video games. You know, yeah, yeah. we shall see. It, it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's really one of those we'll only know when the time comes. Yeah, time will tell. I mean, the thing is, the companies are throwing so much money at VR that it won't disappear. I just wonder. How consist? How many developers are going to keep supporting it? You know, five years from now, I really don't feel like we're there yet. Like the e- the the ecosystem right now is just too volatile. Like there's so many rooms for improvement in different areas. Mm. I mean, I, I I'm st- my mind is still boggled why the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One came out with a 500 gig hard drive when, like at the time, one or two or two terabyte hard drives were still dirt cheap. Like they yeah, couldn't get super a deal readily available. Yeah, so it's like 
Like, it, it, like it, I look at the pricing of, of systems like, well, for $50 more, you could get another 500 gigs. I'm like, that's not the way it scales if you actually bought that hard drive mm-hmm. outright. <laughs> that's crazy. But, um, see, I mean, I still have a lot of notes. I guess we could go through the games that we haven't talked about yet. Did we get to talk about uh, Titanfall 2 last, last week? No, we didn't. No, not really. Do you guys like Titanfall? Uh, I was gonna get it on Xbox One on the uh, the EA Access, but then I I asked around and nobody wanted to play it, so I didn't bother getting it. I love the game. I, unfortunately, I think a lot of people stopped playing it because like the initial hype disappeared. But there's still people that are willing to play. I, I know there's uh, some all games folks that uh, set up game nights on inside of Fall. I think Titanfall One had a lot of problems. All right, and, and that's part of what killed it. It had a ton of hype going in. Because it had the two developers that were released from Infinity Ward. And so everyone was hyping it. They called it the COD Killer. The problem was then we got no single-player campaign. You know, it felt like there was no real skill-based matchmaking. So It was a finished game. You had a lot of noobs or you just had a, you know really expertly crafted teams that you were getting stomped out by. And... At points, the the level development didn't feel like it was. It felt pushed. Like and there were, there's a couple of maps on that that when I get into a Titan, I no longer feel like I'm playing Titanfall. I feel like I'm playing Air Mech, like back on what Sega Saturn, or not Air Mech, but like what was the uh, the Mech game on Sega Saturn where you're just like weaving in between buildings, shooting at each other. Air Mech. Oh God, I know what it's talking about. It wow. felt like that instead of actually like a new shooter. It just felt it's like about an virtual old... on. Are you? Yes. It felt like an old basic, you know, updated graphics of virtual on. Virtual on with... was cool though for the time. For the time, but now you know we're getting it eight years later in what's supposed to be a new and innovative game. Now on the bright side, everything they showed about Titanfall two. They, it looks like they've fixed a lot of that. We're going to the single-player campaign. We might actually care about where we are and why we're fighting. You know, more mechs, customizables, a lot more customizables, because their customizables were kind of a joke in Titanfall 1. <laughs> it's They've taken a lot of the feedback that they got and put in a lot of work. Now, the only thing I worry about is that it's coming out in a very unfortunate time. Oh, yeah. Because with all of the Call of Duty hype being around, you know, we don't want wall running and boost jumping. We don't want any of that. Yeah, they're fucking they're stupid. They're the game they, they, where that kind of started. That's, that's, oh, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, but like, while everyone's screaming boots on the ground, Titanfall is still producing that, that wall running boosting. And don't get me wrong, they did it first, they did it before COD. But a lot of the shooter community is like, oh, boots on the ground, boots on the ground. And I imagine when they go back and realize just what they're asking for by getting boots on the ground, they're going to be kind of pissed. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, well, I'm going to jump challenge this corner. We can't really jump challenge this corner. Uh, As long as their gun is at the chest range, they're still hitting me, and then I'm just jumping into recoil. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to strategically sit over here behind this head glitch and wait for someone to come out. And then you just hear campers. Oh my God, why are you such a camper? And then they're like, well, because I can't use that movement to 
to aggress like I would another. Oh, yeah, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Because if boots are on the ground, then campers are in the lobby. But if there's movement skills, I can't make myself good enough to adjust to everyone flying around. Like, I actually don't mind the... And it's very unpopular. I don't mind the flying around. I love it. Because... Yeah. A person has to train their snap. They have to now account for verticality that boots on the ground won't provide. Like, the worst you had in boots on the ground was, oh, there might be a sniper up there. But then if I win that gunfight and I kill that sniper, he's got a three-minute walk up these flights of stairs to get back up there. And I don't know. It's it's a whole... I could go on for a very long time about that. That just... Yeah. Well, I even, think a lot of go ahead, go ahead Obi. Even even for uh, uh, somebody like me, when, when you know I'm I'm not the best player. I mean, I have my moments where I can clutch something, or things just happen to align, and everything says Obi's gonna fucking win this damn match or clutch this or whatever. But I I lose a lot. So like, even me being a shitbag player, I'll say shitbag tier because there there are some. I'm, there are some that I'm better than too. So, um, but it's even when you get down to there, it's it's to the point where I don't want, I I don't really care. Like I get to fly around now. I'm starting to learn how to use that boosting and wall running and boot, you know, doing the the different runs around the maps and everything. And I'm having fun. Bitches that fucking oh we gotta get boots on the ground. Yeah, go suck one. This is how this is how Black Ops <laughs> is evolving. Because they do, they have black black ops has to continue to evolve, or they're gonna die. I'm sorry. Think well, not for it. nothing, you know. Hey, Ozzy, what's Call up? Of du- Call of Duty is more of a arcade style shooter. It's not a tactical shooter. I'm not saying it's not strategy involved, but it's more fast paced, you know, and more of a visceral twitch experience. Right? It's about reaction times and right. you know having good moves and perfecting your your maneuvers. Where it's not so much about, like, you know, flanking and, you know, being all methodical with your movement, like in a Rainbow Six Siege or something like that, you know? And it's right. a very difficult experience. So people are asking for boots on the ground. They're just mad that they can't camp as effectively. That's what, I, that's what I'm hearing. Oh, they're just mad because they can't jump shot. Because I'm going to tell you something right now, and Fate will probably agree with me. 50% of the newbies that try to start doing jump shooting, they wait till they're almost on the ground to shoot because they can't snap to the to the aim. So when they hit that ground, they have that recoil and they bounce up so all their bullets go right to the ground or over their head. And they get pissed <laughs> off because then the other guy just guns them down because he's standing there. So it's little things that you can learn doing things will make you a whole lot better. All you do is takes time to learn it. Anyway, what's next? Yeah, I, I, one thing, last thing I'll say about Titanfall, I I really love the game. It's really fun. It fills in a unique void. The only issue I've ever had with it, and it's not had nothing to do with campaign, because I give two shits about that as well. It, but I do realize that's what people. I think the fact that it wasn't a campaign made everybody feel like there wasn't really much polish or there wasn't a complete game because you have like over fifteen different play modes, different playlists in that game. There's plenty of content, plenty of different ways to enjoy the game. But I think the biggest thing is that while the mechs are cool, yeah, to some degree of customization, you didn't spend enough time as a mech to really appreciate the mech combat. So it felt like it was kind of shoehorned in. There's something they gotta find. They gotta find some way to make the mechs more of a 
significant part of, of the experience. I don't know. That's what that's what I feel. Mm. Could be wrong though. But uh, Rare showed off during the Microsoft press they showed off a game called Sea of Thieves. You guys see this? It's I like did. A, the MMO pirate game. I did. I did see that. What do you uh, think? Go ahead, Fatal. Uh, I was just gonna ask: Is that the one where like people were abandoning ship and like swimming out in the water and? Yeah, yeah. This is the one where they actually have people playing, and they actually sounded like they were actually playing it and not reading a script, like in Ubisoft. Okay. <laughs> that looked cool. I mean, I not my style. I probably wouldn't play it, but it actually looked kind of cool. I have to say, it makes me want to play more Guns of Icarus online. Kinda. Because <laughs> Guns of Icarus online is, is such an underrated game because you, you have a whole crew on the ship, and you have freaking epic battles, but instead of... It'd be of one of those things Tennessee, where... It, it, Guns of Icarus would be one of those games to where if it fell in at the right time in the eSports spectrum, I could see that being an eSports game. You get the blimps, and then everybody works together on the ship to, you know, do whatever. <clears throat> when you have, what, one you have one blimps, and you have, you know, I don't know. And you could you could do it to where you have two blimps, so you have two teams. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It could it could have worked. Maybe not. But it, it was fun. Work. It it was fun when it when we played it. But like like every other game, man, people play a, a game two or three times, and then all of a sudden, ah, I guess I'm done with this because one person wasn't online right when they wanted to play. <laughs> Yeah. But I guess nobody's playing anymore, but uh, okay. That community, it's small, but it's just the people that play that game consistently are so friendly and so welcoming to new players. So it does have a really good new new player experience. Like you don't it's a complete opposite of League of Legends. Like the toxicity isn't there. It's really cool. People mm-hmm. they'll be in the lobby and like, hey, setting up a four player uh, a four team match, hop in. You know, it's a very open environment and it's cool. I mean, it could be a good esports game, but it's kind of yeah, slow pace. It's it's I don't, it it wouldn't be a good esports game. It would be something to where like if every player had a blimp, you could do something like that. But it would be, yeah, I don't know, something different to watch. So I, you know, I look at CFEs. It kind of takes some of the fun stuff of that, or like a puzzle pirates where everybody has to take specific jobs and work together to to you know keep the ship afloat. So it looks like it could be fun. It reminds me of a lot of different mods I've played in different games, you know, as well. Uh, so there's potential there. And, and I like Rare. I know a lot of people saying Rare is not Rare anymore because, like, the biggest, their key players left and Microsoft took them over, so they lost their magic. But I think Rare still has magic left in them. And I would like to see Rare succeed because in the past they've put out some really unique games. And on that, on that alone, it would be cool to see this go uh, and succeed. Yeah. Dead Rising 4, did you guys catch uh, that? Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, it looked pretty good. I mean, it's kind of Dead Rising, so it's very... Dead um, Rising? Yeah, pretty much. Like, it, you know exactly what to expect. There's tons of zombies, funny, campy moments, usually one very niche, uh, you know, almost mandatory, either other Capcom reference or... You know, overpowered weapon that's kind of just there for fun. And about it. Like, it's just a, you know, eventually you're going to get into a car and just mow down a bunch of zombies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I think, you know, I haven't really gotten indicted to the Dead Rising series. 
But, uh, you know, it's something where, again, if I had more time to devote to games, I, I would t- totally play this because it's just good, just good, clean fun or good, dirty fun, depending on how you look at it. I mean, it's, it's, it's zombies, but you, it's silly. Like, you just, it's, it's camp to the upteenth power. Like, you just make insane weapons and then mow down zombies, you know? <laughs> While wearing a servo bot head. Yeah, exactly. You could even, um, so many little Easter eggs, like they, you can even be Mega Man. I think in Dead Rising Three, if you like beat the game, you have to like hit certain conditions. You could become Mega Man and, and like use your Mega Buster throughout the game in your second run. I guess little things like that are, are neat. Yeah, and, and and also as much as we should on Capcom, I'm still happy to see them making games rather than just putting out HD remasters because I'm, I'm sick of companies doing that. Not that they're not doing that, but at least to put out something relatively new, fresh. So, I mean, Capcom had, like, I think their bigger announcement easily was RE7, though. Yeah. So, you know, the thing about it is tragic is that, you know, they, they that came as also alongside the fact that it's going to be VR-ready, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to support uh, PlayStation 4 VR, right? Um, and they had the demo, the kitchen demo, but that demo isn't representative of what the game is going to be like. It's just, you know, it's supposedly, from what they said, it's going to show you what their engine is capable of doing. So, everybody's, like, getting butthurt, and, like, this seems a lot more horror-focused than Resident Evil has ever been. Like, is there going to be any actual fighting? So, People didn't realize like if you actually looked at the button mapping, there was actually a, a you know there were the button mappings for fight re- related to fighting. So there's there's gonna be fighting, but the demo doesn't show that. So I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be like it almost seems like they're almost rebooting it. They said it not, but they called it Resident Evil colon Biohazard. Like they're going back to the roots. Biohazard is what Resident Evil was called in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if they're trying to go more with like a almost like a Silent Hill kind of flavor, like more horror than survival. You know, less, less than the action. I, I just want to know, know, will there be a VR Jill sandwich? <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. I don't know. You, you like Jill Valentine? I'm more of a Chris Claremont kind of guy. He's, he's a hottie. Mm. So you're gay he's guy? not. Got it. Actually, no, I like Leon. Leon Washington, he has a good set of hair. Again. Oh, I know you remember the the Jill <laughs> sandwich memes. You have to. Everybody knew them. <laughs> v- vaguely, vaguely. Oh my gosh! Like, there's a, a that, part that where that means he doesn't remember shit. <laughs> there's a part where you escape the walls from crushing you, and if you do it just right, when you step out, he's like, "You almost became a Jill sandwich." Oh yeah, I yeah, so call this. from there there were Jill sandwich memes as far as the eye could see. Jill's also uh, like one of the more popular characters too for some reason, as far as the female protagonists go. Yeah, damn dead silence. <laughs> I mean, I, I like if I had to pick female protagonists through through the years of Resident Evil. Jill, I don't even think she makes my top list. Because, I mean, you had Ada Wong, you had Claire. Yeah, but Ada Wong is kind of a cut. Yeah, that's that's part of her charm. Welcome to Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> and she's always freaking escaping before like she finishes her sentence. Stop being a sexist. 
you know, I mean, you... I'm just saying that's the smart thing. Like, I'll I'll level with you. If I was in this zombie survival zone, and it's like, hey, we can stand around and talk, or hey, look over there, and I'm fucking gone. Next thing you know, there's a wall of zombies on you. Look, I'm not going to outrun <laughs> you, but I don't have to if you're distracted and they catch you. Okay. That's why I wanted a few things mm-hmm. that makes more sense in Resident Evil. But it always cracks me up. Like, you go through so much fucked up shit in Resident Evil, but then there's always characters that seem to be nonchalantly walking around, like they're unaffected by everything that's going on. Like, there's a shitstorm of zombies and explosives all over the place, and somehow that tar zombie that was over there didn't get you. That motherfucker took me like a hundred rounds before I could take him down. Fuck. Mm. And then you realize that you're not supposed to really kill them. You're supposed to just kind of run around them and avoid them. Just to conserve your ammo. Bastards. Sorry. Awkward moment when the AI has just outsmarted you and you figure it out. Son of a bitch. So <laughs> uh, Sometimes I feel like going back to all the Resident Evils. That's an undertaking and a half. Every now and then I'll, I'll play uh, Resident Evil 5 with my son. That's a good co-op experience. I know a lot of people hate that game, but it's fun as co-op. Don't play AI, though. Terrible. I also loved Code Veronica. I really liked the Code Veronica. I played on Dreamcast. But anyway. Oh, and uh, and Zero. Zero on GameCube was cool. But uh, yeah, there's high potential. RE7? I'm in it. I, 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 I wish they showed more of the combat and what it actually is going to be rather than a tech demo. So that, that's going to turn some people off. But Resident Evil have like they still have a, a cult following, so people will buy it. I mean, if um, Umbrella Chronicles didn't escape people away, or what was the other one? Raccoon City Chronicles? Oh, or... Any of the ones on Nintendo consoles? Oh, God. Um, we had to, like, jerk off the Wiimote? Yeah. Those were pretty bad. I played RE4. I played RE4 on the Wii, and the novelty was cool at first, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing it. But, uh, alright, so what else? Gears of War 4. Love it. Yeah, I think... I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been sitting really quiet going, here's as soon as he says, I can't wait. Holy shit. But are you guys more excited about the co-op or the PvP? I'm more excited about the the big esports push. Sorry. So the PvP. Yes. <laughs> um, just because it's something that, you know, uh, the average player, the average team can pick up and, and start not really you know it's just it's something that i'm excited about just be, and i like gears of war anyway so yeah can't wait yeah i think they have to work really hard to mess it up i mean you know you got your horn mode you got your pvp your co-op hey, sorry everybody you always be you know. an idiot don't say that shit dude i'm not, I'm not, I'm not jinxing or anything i'm saying I mean, I, I, you know, we played we played the the beta and the, they they added some nice extra tweaks to the multiplayer. You know, it's fun. Yeah. I just wonder, uh, like, I feel like at some point they might have to do something really new with the series or move on to something new. You know, I don't know if they keep churning them out. Like, it might get to the point like Call of Duty where it's like, all right, we saw this last year. Can we do something new? Mm-hmm. And Call of Duty answered that by giving you parkour and, and, and space marines. So, grappling hooks. Gotta have your <laughs> grappling hooks. <laughs> uh, stay with the K2. Anybody excited about that? Nope. Uh, the first one was really cool, but I didn't really care much about it because it had multiplayer. This one had multiplayer, so 
now it might be on my radar. And I think it's going to be like one of those $30, $40 games. Not going to be a full price game, what I understand. That'd be cool. I mean, I always thought I'd stay at the decay as Grand Theft Auto with zombies. The best way I can describe it. That's probably not a fair assessment, but that's the way it, it kind of uh, kind of uh, struck me. Beauty Hat says Call of Duty still looks better than Battlefield One. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> really? You don't know? I mean that that space, that whole space sequence, kind of sold me a Call of Duty. I think okay, all right. I just wonder how much of that is on rails. Like, if you actually get to fight in space for, for a good portion of the campaign, that'd be pretty dope. But if it's all on rails, then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm just playing a Michael Bay movie. That's cool. I hope, it's not, I hope it's not all on rails, dude. I hope you actually get to do some shit. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think, well, can't say that they're, no, it's, it's going to be on rails. Call of Duty hasn't released a campaign that's not on rails. Giving you freedom, like people get. Can you imagine that people just getting lost? Like, I was supposed to do something here. I just don't remember what. <laughs> that would be a thing. That'd be the next meme. Why can't I picture myself in a frozen forest? <laughs> hey, oh my god! Miss your pink unicorn too. How about uh, Watch Dogs Two? New gay rocks. You guys are crazy. I don't know about Watch Dogs 2. Like, didn't Watch Dogs 1 fail miserably? Yeah, I'm not really uh, critically, too much about Critically, it did, but it sold really well, so... Yeah. Yeah, but then I heard a lot of people regretted that decision. That's yeah. the thing, though. Since it sold really well, like, they're making another one, and they're making a movie. Yeah, but you had, I mean, you had almost 25, 26% return rate on that game. I, I like, I'm not... Holding my breath, I think the only thing I really care about as far as Ubisoft right now is all the Tom Clancy stuff for the moment. Because I'm burnt down as I screwed. Because I'm I'm tired of fucking playing all these fucking games by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't playing Siege no more. Oh my god! I ain't I ain't I ain't playing the Division no more. I'm gonna play Call of Duty just like it, <laughs> and that's, that's it. A- I want to play EA games. I want to play more of the division. I just play World of Tanks, dude. It's free. Oh god! (laughs) So is Rainbow Six Siege because you already bought it. Technically, it's free. Shut up, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I love what they're doing. Did you read the emote in chat? What the emote? Here. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw the wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I see. I see what you did there. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Watch Dogs Two, I think is gonna be better than the first, just because they have like an entourage. But like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, there's a lot of cool mechanics in there. But then at some point, the guys, the hacker, elite hacker, starts using weapons, and I'm like, well, if you had that option, why would you choose to hack? Like, why wouldn't you just shoot the place up and get the hell out? <laughs> why would you bother with the stealth, being all stealthy and hacking everything? Like, really? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's why I start to just kind of facepalm a little bit. I mean, stealth is just making sure there's no survivors to tattle. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. True. <laughs> yeah, it was an option in Metal Gear. Prize, motherfucker. You know, I, I went back to Splinter Cell Chaos Theory 
Does it pay Chaos Theory? I'm pretty sure it's Chaos Theory. There was another one that came around the same time. Oh, God. This is, like, original Xbox time. Or maybe at a cusp of 360. And those games still hold up really well. And, like, usually I don't like stealth when it's forced on you. But in that game, it's, like, you have the option of going guns hot sometimes. But when you do the stealth, it's very satisfying. You know what I mean? But then if you happen to, like, fuck up and, like, a leg sticking out of the tent where you're supposed to be hiding the dead body and someone mm-hmm. notices it, they're like, fuck it, guns uh, guns hot, let's go, weapons hot, let's go. <laughs> so the old split itself where, like, you had the alarm system and, like, three strikes and you're out and you have to restart, that was lame. But, like, when they have a little yeah. more flexibility, that was cool. And the whole little light system where you, you can see how much, uh, how much you are actually concealed. There's a lot of cool stuff in that game, man. That series as a whole that is really cool. That they took from Metal Gear. Anyways, a what? Well, yeah. Wow. How about Gears Gods of War 4? <laughs> God of War 4, I like the fact that they're taking it to a new direction in terms of the style of the game. Finally. You know, it looks like they get, they're moving away from the QTE stuff. Like, quick time events, I, I, I feel like that's something that should be very rarely be in a video game. Um, unless you're a telltale game, and in which case you're not really a game, you're an interactive movie, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. the God of War Four looks looks cool, but it's like an, it's like I felt like overall Sony's presentation was more one note. It was all about provoking feels, you know. You either wanted to get a box of tissues or slit your wrist, you know. You had a tender moment between Kratos and his son, you know, and teaching him how to kill things. Beautiful. Yeah, you know, it's cool, but not something that I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be picking up, even if I had a, a PS4, which I don't. But Last Guardian, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Last Guardian, though, this game has been so anticipated, and I still don't see why people are so excited about it. Uh, am I missing something? I don't know. Did you guys see this? Is it peaked I, interest? I don't at even all? know what it is. It's about a boy and his giant pet. Uh, no, I ain't. (laughs) Like, I saw it, and it instantly detracted me, because the first thing I thought is, oh, dude, never-ending story the video game. Oh, that's already setting the the bar too high. And I was like, ugh. And then I watched some of the gameplay, and I was like, oh, never-ending story the B-rated remake from China. Yeah, I I think I'd rather watch never-ending story 2. Ten times over, back to back, then play this game. From what I saw, I mean, so, yeah, it doesn't. It it just it didn't look great. Like, and it's weird because that seemed like the game they were talking up. They're like so anticipated. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's been waiting for it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Was well, been in development hell for like five years or so, something crazy like that. I mean, when he said that, I thought he was introducing Final Fantasy, <laughs> and then it was like. Final Fantasy VII Guardians, uh, go fuck yourself. Oh, man. All, you know, all that, like, Sony, I feel their problem has always been that they hype things up too much, and by the time they finally reveal the finished product, I, I'm already done with it. Like, the hype that I, that, the image I built in my head is way better than what you actually showed me. It, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with it. Too much hype. But Detroit, becoming human. That that looks like it could be pretty interesting, but again, it looks like it's mostly on rails. Like it's very narrative driven. You get to make decisions at key junctions, you know, and explore things. 
you know, and this branching story, there's a branching story, uh, I don't know, cool movie, I don't know if it's be fun as a video game, I mean, it's, it, I don't know if you guys have played, like, Fahrenheit or Heavy Rain or L.A. Noir. I think it's up there with those kind of games. Mm, I can see that. <laughs> did, it, did, it, did it interest you at all? I take the silence mm. as no. Nope. The only narrative-driven story I cared about was We Happy Few. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we talked about that already. That, yeah, that, looks... that, that was the only one I honestly felt I gave half a rat's ass about. <laughs> Rat's ass, yeah. Yeah, but I'm... Good callback. We're keeping the rats strong tonight. Uh, how about Vampire? Mm, nope. This is actually I didn't one of even the, see that. They kind of, yes, they kind of sandwiched it in. It was kind of jilled in there. Ha, 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 ha. Anyway. You think the development team was jilted? <laughs> oh, <okay>. got him. Damn. <laughs> Uh, but no, this is like one of the few games that I feel really stood out because it wasn't what you expected. It, this is from Don't Nod, if I'm not mistaken, the company that brought us Life is Strange, another fine interactive movie. But it actually had gameplay, and I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. It kind of made me think a little bit of classic Elder Scrolls meets Vampire the Masquerade. See, I was going to ask if it was based on Vampire the Masquerade. It's based like, off of Vampire's World of comic. Yeah. Oh, the comic. Okay. Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't keep up with it that closely, but that, you know, subject matter aside, I think the gameplay looks pretty promising. Of course, you know, it wouldn't be a, a Sony uh, conference without talking about a remastered video game and their latest ports. And Crash Remastered. They, they Apparently, they're bringing back all the Crash, like, well, not maybe not all of like three or four of the crash games in wonderful HD glory. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of <laughs> overstated this as if this was a big deal. Like, is this supposed to be a big deal? I see it. I don't mind that. I think it's cool to see Crash Bandicoot come back. What pissed me off is they're like everybody. We are remastering Crash Bandicoot HD. But here's what he's got to look in Skylanders. Enjoy that. And I was oh, like, snap. I don't give a shit about what he's going to look like in Skylanders. I care about, um, uh, let's see, what could I care about? Oh, yeah, the game you just talked about. Go into the game you talked I don't want to know about this other game that, ooh, you got, you got Skylanders. Awesome. Good for you, Skylanders. Now show me the HD remix and make it look good. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's cool that they're doing the deal with Activision and putting a Skyland and everything, but I feel like Crash was a very deliberate, like, product of its time, like, a response to Mario and Sonic, and I feel like it doesn't really have a place now, like, outside of the few people that actually grew up with Sony systems and are having a nostalgia, I don't, I don't see where it's relevant, I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel like, like there's this big... Like, cause they talked about it like, this is a huge deal. But it's like, no, this is what you guys have done. Like, the whole PS4 has been all PlayStation 3 and older ports, if you really look at it. Mm. I mean, one of the biggest games... To first, one of the big games to come out first on PS4 was Last of Us Remastered. So it's like, really? This year's hot ga- hit game is last year's hit game. Woo! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway. So that's that. 
they did have Horizon Zero done, and that looked a little promising. You know, you get to play as a attractive, somewhat muscular, uh, redhead woman, Amazonian woman. You could probably give one woman a uh, run for her money. And you fight half animal cyborg beasts. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> Days gone. Like, uh, there were a lot of zombies game this E3. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah. It was very zombie intensive. When they showed Days Gone, when they opened up the first one the first thing they were showing, I thought it was a Last of Us game. Like the the sequel to The Last of Us. I was waiting for the dude Yeah, like I was waiting for the dude to run into a little girl you know and go off on wonderful adventures where but nope. And it was kinda cool cause, uh you know, he, he's being chased by hordes of zombies, and, and they're, like, the running kind, like, a 28 Days Later type. You know, so that's kind of cool. And uh, he gets cornered, and, you know, and then they stop it there. It's like, how's he going to get out of that mess? Hmm. There's a potential there. But we do have to wrap up. Just, uh, let's see, some of the other games. Spider-Man, that, a, lot, a lot of people get excited about that. Death Stranding, the whole baby, Norman Reedus' ass. You know, uh... <laughs> Hideo Kojima doing what he does best, being really abstract and artsy. That guy's a madman, but I love him. Uh, there were a few, a bunch of RTSs on the PC gaming show: Warhammer 40K, Dawn of War 3, Drop Zone, and some other ones. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Resident Evil 7 uh, the, and the kitchen demo. Uh, what else? Lawbreakers. It's uh, on and off. Uh, they have a, a somewhat like alpha build where you can play one level and a few characters. That's going to be on and off kind of thing. Uh, if you want a vertical, a more vertical Unreal Tournament, fast-paced kind of arena shooter, uh, check out Cliffy B's latest project. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to mention that was that was brought up on E3? Overall uh, thoughts? It was, it was good from what I've seen of it. I mean, I didn't watch every single part of it. Uh, but from what I've seen of it, it was really good. There's some really good games that are coming out here uh, this year, early next year, that I really want to play. So I'm happy with it. I think uh, for me personally, I loved Bethesda, Microsoft, the PC gaming show in no particular order. And I would say Nintendo Treehouse was the worst. Mm, maybe Ubisoft close. It's, it's, it's a close tie. Uh, Sony, I, I give them credit, even though I don't like Sony, what Sony offers is not for me. Uh, I give them credit that they didn't have a lot of suits talking this year. It was just all about the, the gameplay video and trailers, so that was right. cool. Right. God, I, I don't like the presenters at all. I want to punch all of them. <laughs> Especially Sean Layden. Fatal, what about your last words on um, E3? Uh, I actually... I hate to say I felt really disappointed with E3 this year. Um, I mean, always, you know, E3 is that big show, and we've come to expect so much from it. In the past few years, we've gotten so many huge announcements. There was so much potential going into this one, and I just feel like it was kind of underwhelming. I felt like it sort of disappointed. Yeah. I mean... I came into it with a low expectation because I had a feeling a lot of it was going to be focused on VR, which I'm not excited about. But um, I'm, I'm excited for the direction of things, especially with uh, the consoles becoming more social, 
more PC like, but with the, still the, the the benefits of of console gaming. Right. So there's a lot of potential in the years to come. I'm excited. Uh, I think the future looks bright. It's, it's a pivotal year. Can't wait too, guys. If you guys have anything, sorry, I got heartburn like a bitch. Guys, if you guys have anything that you guys do want to say on any of the topics that we talked about tonight, E3, or just talking shit, give us a call or text 646-801-2149, and we'll respond next show. Guys, remember that you guys can listen to or download uh, Horseplay Live uh, at a whole bunch of different places, including allgames.com, Google Play, Music, iTunes, Player FM, Stitcher, and tune in radio. So go to any one of those. You can get the podcast. Thanks for everybody that's uh, been helping us out. Really appreciate you guys giving us the the good uh, nod and, and giving us some um, some big shout outs and stuff. We really appreciate it to the you. If you guys want to watch the uh, the non existent, well, not say non existent, but if you guys do want to watch the YouTube video. We do have uh, youtube.com dot slash geeky antics and a. Um, more like a highlight uh, right here on Twitch. So don't forget, guys. Uh, we love you a long time. Yogi wants to pee pee touch everybody. He told me himself. Yes. Bail, uh, any last words? Stromboli. <laughs> Yogi? Stromboli? Is that he what just, you said? Yes. What? Think about oh, it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I did. Think about <laughs> it. You're a dick. Anything from you, Yogi? Um, no, did I mention the farewell stream? I'll be doing a farewell stream this weekend to say farewell to scrolls, last days of scrolls, at least officially, and I'll probably be my last uh, time streaming for a while, outside of the podcast stuff, gotta get focused. I'm so sorry, bro. Yeah, yeah, you don't care, it's alright. I do, I, I care a lot. But if you guys are listening to us on allgames.com, today Pixel Live Power Ranking Show is followed up by the next Knuckleballer Radio I, yeah, at its new time at Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Be sure to hang out with the chat by, kicking the live, by clicking the live or chat button. And uh, if we're not there, say hello to whoever's streaming. Be sure to hang out uh, in the chat room. Just chill out. So... Love you guys. You guys can listen to uh, the B-Team podcast on Tuesday at 9 p.m. on All Games Radio Network. We'll see you guys next week. It's all fucked up. Peace, guys. Later, taters! Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere. Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.